You're listening to the Gospel Project for Preschool and Kids Weekly Leader Training. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Gospel Project for Kids Leadership Training Podcast. My name is Delaney Williams and I am joined by Landry Holmes. And on this episode, we're going to talk about Unit 4, Session 2, entitled God Delivered His People. And so we are going to continue to be in the book of Exodus. We are in Exodus chapters 5 through 12. And as we think about the big idea of this session, you know, this is the session, Landry, where we'll talk more about the plagues. And as we think about the plagues, you know that a purpose that we can see with the plagues is that God demonstrated his power through it. I mean, every single one of them, it shows God's power. And so also as we think about it, we see that Israel was was spared from the worst of the plagues, and that was God's loving choice to spare them. He showed them mercy on them, and it wasn't because they were better or more righteous than others. It was that God showed his mercy. You know, Israel sacrificed lambs in faith, putting the blood over their doors to show they trusted God would do as he said. And similarly, We are saved by our faith that Jesus' sacrifice is sufficient. Again, not because we are intrinsically better or more righteous, but because of God's mercy. And so, this is the big idea as as we talk about this. You know, and even thinking back to our big picture question for this unit, we talk about how God keeps his promises. And so, this is another example of how God keeps his promises with this session. And so as we talk about our different age group resources, some of the activities that you, our listeners, need to think about as, um, as you're preparing for this session, I want to mention, first of all, a couple of activities in our Younger Preschool um, Leader Guide. And one is called Collect 10 Items. And this is a low prep activity and so it is it is designed to be 10 items in your classroom so that could be markers or crayons or blocks or something like that so think about what are items that you have in your classroom that would help keep this activity low prep and then they're going to be grouping these items in sets of 10 and then to extend the activity you can do sets of 10 items that may not be the same. And so that can make it a little more difficult for the boys and girls in your class. And so also there is another activity called look at books. And so they're going to be looking at books about gnats and flies. And so this is a good reminder that you can stop by your local library and check out some books and make sure to preview those books before you you have those to use during your session as well. So moving along to our to our older preschool leader guide, there is an activity where they're going to explore hailstones. And so you're going to need ice for this activity. So if you do not have that readily available at your location for church, an idea would be to bring the ice in a cooler or either find a freezer that may be close by to store that ice before the session to make sure that you're able to to have it ready for 
your teaching session. And also, just as a reminder, make sure that the preschoolers are not keeping their hands in the ice for too long. You may also want to even bring some mittens or some like potholder type things or even a towel to help them to make sure hands do not get um, too cold with that. Then there is an activity called Play with Flashlights, also in older preschool. And just a quick reminder to make sure that you check the batteries in your flashlights to make sure they work so you do not have disappointed preschoolers. Because Landry, I'm sure we've all been there. There's some time when you've needed a flashlight and you go to turn it on and the batteries aren't working. And so... You know, I, I, that is a, a very good... That's a very good hint, Delaney. In fact, I would even recommend, if, if you don't mind me interrupting here sure. for a minute... That if you, you know, flashlights are used a lot of times in activities, preschoolers and and elementary kids, is to keep, to take the batteries out each time. Keep keep a set of inexpensive flashlights in a tub that you can use from time to time, but take the batteries out because those batteries will corrode. And if they're sitting in there for a long time, and then you pick up that, that flashlight and you test it like you just said, and does it work, then you try to find batteries if you do have batteries. And you open it up, and they're all corroded. So I would say take them out and then keep extra batteries around with you. And just from experience, I I have a couple of flashlights here at my house, different flashlights that I use for, you know, just to have if electricity goes out or whatever. And I have a grandchild who comes over quite often and tends to leave the flashlight on. And so if I were to use those flashlights for this activity, I'd be in trouble because uh, the batteries tend to, to run down. So <laughs> I know that's too much on batteries, but sometimes we forget to be prepared for anything. Right, and that's a great reminder because even that taking out the batteries, because in preparation for the session, you may be spending a lot more time than if there's corrosion in the flashlight from the batteries and all of that type of stuff. So that is a great tip on that. So thank you for sharing. Um, one more activity I did want to share for our preschool resources is in our preschool worship. In the learn section, as you're introducing the Bible story, there is part of where you're introducing it. You'll need to know the words yes or no in a few different languages. So just a reminder, prior to the session, make sure that you either you can look it up online, those different languages, or even reach out to some members of your church that may know different languages as well. And so to make sure that you have that information to help you as you teach during the session. And so those are our fun, well, we have lots of fun activities in our preschool resources, but just some that I wanted to highlight for this week. And so, Landry, if you'll go ahead and highlight some of our kids' activities. Yes, in older kids, uh, there's an activity choice, option two, uh, called Plague's Fishbowl. And if you've never played the game Fishbowl or similar game, you might want to just search for that on online on the internet and just kind of read about how that game works don't worry about reading everything but you know you can pretty well search for anything and and find it uh, online to just kind of give you an idea oh that's what they mean by the game fishbowl 
And usually in, in this particular kind of game, players make up their own phrases for the cards. But in this case, we're going to use uh, the plagues as the phrases on the cards. So in round one, and, and the game has multiple rounds, in round one, uh, a player is going to, to choose a phrase uh, on a card from, from the, or a piece of paper from the bowl. And that player... Uh, it's going to try to get, you know, the other players to try to figure out what's on the card. Uh, but you can't say any word. Uh, uh, you you can say any word that's not on the card. You can't say words that are that are on the card. I don't know if I said that right or not. But here's an example. So the first plague, of course, is the Nile turning in water, turning into blood. And so if that's the plague, then you can't use the word blood. Uh, you can say, it's red, it flows through your body, from your heart, and was the first plague. So you can say that, but you can't say any word that's on the card. Have I said it right yet, Delaney? Does that I think make so, sense? Yes, yeah. so you say, you're describing the word that's on the card without saying the actual word. That's right. And so if the, it's a phrase, just you can't say any words that are in that phrase. Right. Okay, good. That's round one. So you play round one until you've worked through uh, all the plagues, and then you return all the paper cards that have the plagues written on them in the bowl, and then you go to second round. And in the second round, you can only say one word. So you can't, you know, give a description like we did. So if you choose uh, the first plague again, which is blood, then you might say red. Or you might say heart. And again, you race to see how many kids can figure out in one minute uh, the, the, the plague. And so you keep playing till you get through all the plagues and you return again the plagues. We don't return the plagues. You return the cards or the pieces of paper that have the plagues written on them into the bowl. And then the third round, you're not using words. You know, you it's kind of like charades. You you might point to your heart, you might make a beating heart, a beating heart gesture, and here's where it's it's uh, you might encourage kids to remember clues from the rounds one and two because that can help them identify these plagues more quickly. Of course, the whole thing is you're trying to teach children what the plagues are, uh, not for the purpose again, not for the purpose of of so that so that kids can uh, just recite all 10 plagues or can even recite them in order or whatever. It's, it's to remind the kids of the seriousness of the plagues because God used them to show his power and God was, is sovereign and uh, in his mercy uh, how he took care of, of, the, of the Israelites. So that's that. That can be a lot of fun. Just don't miss the whole point of we're we're continuing to point toward God's God's God being sovereign, God being powerful, God being good. Um, it, in kids worship, there's a a group demonstration, and this is just kind of a safety thing. It's kind of common sense, but if you're going to use a, a sealant that you spray on, um, be sure that. You do it ahead of time. You don't want kids inhaling the sealant. And also, use it outside if you can, or a well-ventilated area. 
Delany, I can remember years ago in one of the the office buildings uh, that we had at Lifeway, and you know, with in kids ministry, you, you do a lot of gluing stuff on, and so sometimes we use spray sealant, and and uh, some people will try to do it, you know, in our offices, and 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 uh, we had some leaders that said. <laughs> you got to go outside if you're going to do that. So we had some that kind of compromised and they did it in the in the stairwell. But I'm saying if you can find a go outside to do it, well, but in the late area, but don't do it around the kids. Right, and you know, um, Landry, with that, yes. like you said, some, an adult that's doing that may think, oh, well, it's just me. It's not going to bother me. But someone down the hallway, it could really have even a worse effect. If it, you know, they may be even more sensitive to it, so... Yes, right. just to reiterate what you're saying. It's not and not just inhaling it too, but it'll leave a residue on carpet or any kind of flooring. So you want to make sure that you have something, you know, to protect the flooring too. Boy, that was a whole lot of words just to talk about. <laughs> be careful, be safe. Uh, but we do a lot of that in, in kids ministry, don't we? Um, we do, we do. <laughs> One last thing I want to talk about is an activity in the midweek materials, and that is the activity lay your possessions down. You know, it's, it suggests drawing a picture of a cross, and the, and kids lay down their drawings of things that they own at the foot of the cross. So that it's it's you know they're supposed to draw, and it might be if they're older kids, you might want them to to write down the list rather than drawing. They may rather write a list. and Or you give an option. You can either list things that you own or you can draw pictures of things you own. And But the whole idea is you're laying them down at the cross. You are, you are you know, giving them uh, to the Lord. And, and again, midweek, um, spiritual discipline is generosity uh, for this unit. And so uh, you it would be even more impactful, I think, for kids if you have a large wooden cross that you can use and place that in the room against the wall where kids can just lay it, lay down their possessions at a at a uh, you know a wooden a wooden cross and you may um you know your church may have a wooden cross that they use for easter programs uh you could check with your uh, worship team I know in my church, there's one in the student ministry area. So you might even check with student ministers if they have one. It it, it does, It's a little bit more work than uh, just drawing a picture of a cross. But I think it also leaves a more solid visual in children's minds and even in their hearts uh, if you can do that. Again, just an, just an, just an idea. Now, turning now to Delany, thinking about really what stands out to me about this session is related to the last plague. You know, the the last plague, God spared uh, the Israelites from their firstborn dying. And when you look at that, you see how that experience introduces the first Passover and what Passover means. You know, God commanded the Israelites to observe the Passover feast then every year to remember what God did to bring them out of Egypt. 
Uh, and as you recall, Jesus also celebrated the Passover with his disciples when he shared the Last Supper or the Lord's Supper with them. And it's it's just it's just really neat to see how God in Exodus had the plan that we see thousands of years later when Jesus shed his blood and died on the cross that we might have eternal life, that we might share in God's promises. So I, I again depending on the age of your children would be, you know, how much you talk about that. But everything that we see in scripture is purposeful. And when we see the Passover and then how Jesus observed the Passover and the meaning of that and that you know how God how Jesus you know, basically showed them through the Passover his ultimate sacrifice so that we can have a relationship with God. So I, I, I just I think that that we should meditate on that ourselves and depending on the age of our kids, how much we share, uh, you know, rely on the, the Holy Spirit to, to give you guidance. But this session is more than about plagues. It's about Jesus rescuing us. Because of God's power, he can rescue us. It's a great word. And you know, Andrew, um, and I think about this story too. Like you said, it is so pivotal and so important. At the same time, it can be a challenging story to teach preschoolers too. And so I want to remind our teachers that, especially our preschool teachers, that we were very careful to be true to scripture and what we're presenting to our preschoolers, but then also keeping in mind their age as, as these lessons were developed. And so I think, too, something that we can remind our preschoolers is that God kept his people safe. And, you know, there were hard things around the people and they experienced those punishments and they experienced, or plagues, but we saw how God kept his promises. And that is something, just to add on to what you're saying too, is that that's something very important. We need to make sure boys and girls understand and that whenever they know it and they understand it, then it's easier for them to be able to apply it to their lives. And that's something that is so foundational that they need to know and understand now and be able to draw back on that as they grow older is that God's faithfulness and that he does keep his promise or promises, I should say. So <laughs> Exactly. To our listeners, we want to thank you very much for listening to today's episode of the podcast, and we hope that you have found it helpful as you prepare to teach the Gospel Project for Kids in Preschool. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Preschool and Kids. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.